0: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Take Command Podcast from Odyssey Sports. All right, I've swapped out my Paulson slogan back with us (laughs) uh, as usual. Uh, Grant, again, appreciate him coming on. And by the way, in between recording with Grant and Logan here, The story from John Kime broke that there is a potential or there was a land by of some sort by the commanders down in Dumfries, uh, south of D.C., obviously, uh, which feels like halfway to Richmond. But that's only in drive time. The distances are not quite. It's like 23 miles south of D.C., (laughs) but 80 miles north of Richmond. And it takes the same amount of time to drive. Um, But. Because that just broke, and because that's still kind of developing, and because we already have a bunch of stuff to talk about in today's pod, we'll talk about that story on Thursday. So we are going to talk about it this week, it will just be on Thursday, and who knows, maybe we'll get Kaim on. Uh, that's been a plan, yeah. a plan of ours, and uh, we kind of were thinking around OTAs, so, I don't know. Always good to try to speculate your guests on the air, Logan, but... Uh- <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know well it'd be good because it's kind of hitting all these stones yeah. right so the uh, so stadium Barry, and then maybe ota so we will purple. we will
1: talk about that story for sure we might talk about it with john if not we will definitely have yeah. john on soon so that's yeah. the that's the plan but sticking with the plan that we had today we're, we're sticking to our game plan uh we thought it was good <laughs> we learned how to game plan from jay uh last week and now we're now we're going to use it uh We're going to talk about running backs. You did a lot of tape study this weekend uh, for some stuff, not only for this pod, but for the show. uh, So people can definitely check that out, NBC Sports Washington, et cetera. Um, But when you – first of all, again, always try to start big picture. When you break down a running back, what are some of the things, obviously, like their physical traits, but what are some of the other things that you're trying to look for in evaluating is this guy good, great, average, not very good?
2: So, yeah, I think obviously, like you said, the physical tools are something with running back that kind of jump out. Again, the physicality is another thing, right? You don't want a guy that's kind of shying away from contact. But I think maybe the most important thing is like this kind of nebulous term of feel when it comes to running backs and um, kind of like how they set up runs, how they set up blocks. Um, And then like how they finish runs, how they can kind of manipulate defenders with their angles and stuff. And some of that's intuitive. Some of that's coaching. But that's definitely something that I really, really value because that's like, in my opinion, and again, this is just my opinion, but maybe the the purest trait of a running back is just kind of this, this nebulous term of feel in terms of how the run is supposed to hit how you set up the blockers with your angle and positioning. And so, yeah, that's kind of something that I've really been keeping an eye on coming out of the draft and then also uh, in this evaluation of Gibson, McKissick, and um, Robinson.
1: Yeah, so one of the things that I used to notice when I watched tape um, and one of the things I learned very quickly was – and i and i felt like this is obviously true in the passing game cuz windows are fleeting real quickly but it it, it seems yeah. like even more so in the running game like the yep. hole is there and then it is gone and if you are if you don't time it right if you don't set up the blocks right if you don't hit the hole exactly when it opens cuz if you you can literally go frame by frame and you're like frame frame ooh, that's going to be a big hole. And then the next right. frame, there's a detackle tackle in there. And if you're not in there when it's opening and gone by the time it closes again, like, you're, you're toast. You missed your window, and that, right. that feel thing that you're talking about is so vital for an NFL running back. So, with that said, let's start our conversation. We'll just go back-by-back back here as you evaluated them all and talk yeah. about things that you like, things that you don't, and where they fit in this offense. It's funny because Gibson's obviously the starter. He's the number one guy. You talk about feel... Right. He came in as a wide receiver out of Memphis, but he seems to really have developed a lot of that feel, and uh, some of the the negatives for him are going to obviously ball security and things that I'm sure you'll get to. But when you you went back and watched Gibson, likes, dislikes, where does he fit in this offense?
2: Yeah, so obviously I think the thing that jumps out kind of the first thing, first and foremost with him is obviously his physical skill set, right? He's a big physical dude. I mean, he's 225, probably 230 pounds. He runs a 4'3". I mean, I've said this before on the podcast, but it's very rare to find someone that big and that fast with that kind of home run style. He has a physical running style for a guy that's a converted wide receiver. And so I think all those things, you just, you love that about him, right? I think the thing that really um, kind of jumps out as a negative, even, even though he is getting better at it, is his just feel for runs, right? He kind of has this desire always to to bounce to space, right? He always wants to kind of bounce around the tackles block on the edge because he is fast. He is big. He can get there. But like you were talking about, so let's see if we can do this. And I'm probably gonna need your help here, Craig. But like you know, the tackle is blocking out on a defensive end. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to the left side, he's gonna kind of kick the defensive end out. So we're running, we're running a
1: wide, a wide zone or a toss or something yeah. that's a wide run to the left. Your left tackles out as a lead blocker, trying to kick that defensive out. Basically, if his job is mission accomplished, he actually runs him all the way to the side sideline. Correct. Out of the way.
2: And so obviously like the back is responsible for keeping the defensive end with his hat outside or towards the sideline. So he's going to attack the tackle's outside shoulder and kind of keep that position, right? And then you've got to know if there's a three technique, which is someone over the guard, that that next gap, that B gap, the gap inside the tackle is going to be closed. And you're probably anticipating cutting it all the way back to the A gap because the nose is going to be on the other side of the center. So like front side A is where that run is going to hit, but you have to sell it to the tackle, and then kind of cut it back. He, Gibson, does not have a good feel for that kind of stuff, right? And as the year went on, like you watched the Giants game, and I saw runs that would make Kyle Shanahan blush. They were so perfect in terms of angle, anticipating the cutback, and knowing when it's going to happen. But early in the year, like Green Bay comes to mind, like he's just kind of running into the backs of the offensive linemen, and he's not doing enough to kind of, with his angle and his positioning, set up the blocks Bring the second level to the offensive line because, like, this is something that you learn in the NFL. It's not always the offensive lineman's fault. Like those safeties, mm-hmm. those linebackers, those defensive linemen are so athletic. The back needs to help you. And like when you watch, like, uh, you know, Green Bay's offense, when you watch San Francisco's offense, even when you watch LA's offense, right? And hopefully Minnesota now, and even last year Minnesota because they ran a lot outside zone. The back is so good at bringing the defenders to the blocker. And then cutting off, right? So oftentimes you'll see Gibson maybe cut a little bit early, or he'll cut a little bit late, and ends up running into the guy or cutting, and then the the linebacker can see it and then make the tackle. I yeah. will say, like I said in the in the New York game specifically, you saw an evolution, and then against Tampa Bay, you saw a really nice evolution of that skill set. So I'm excited to see him this year. You know, I think he grew a little bit in that capacity, and obviously they coached him more, and obviously they kind of. We're leaning a little bit more outside zone. It felt like in the games where he did well, and that kind of lends itself to that returner kind of mentality. But again, there is a little bit of prep that goes into making sure, you know, you can kind of anticipate that cut as opposed to just straight react to it. And you know a little bit about that. Yeah, no, definitely.
1: And I I think that to, to really simplify it down, right. You've got to sell it to the defense that you're trying to get to the sideline. Like that is, that is exactly what you need to do as a back. You need to, like, you basically need to try to get to the sideline. And if, you know, all of a sudden, if that defensive end is super slow and you get the edge, then, like, okay, you got the edge. Go it, yeah. um, but really what you're trying to do is is get them to sell themselves outside, wash open a yeah. hole in the middle, and be able to to, yeah. to go. It, it is a one-cut kind of scheme. Um, and, and I think a lot of times, yeah.
2: like, to elaborate on that point, is like when you see Gibson get to the sideline, I think a lot of fans say, "Oh, like look at his speed." But if he has to bubble or lose ground to mm-hmm. get there, that means he missed a cut on the inside. And I think that's something you see a lot from him. Again, like that makes sense. He's a he's a returner, he's a space player, he's trying to find space. And when you're running, it looks like there's all this green grass out there. But NFL defenses are too fast for that, right? So you right. have to learn how to kind of go one gap at a, a time, you know, C gap, B gap, A gap, A gap, B gap, C gap, and sometimes you're cutting it all the way back to the backside C. And he just, he's growing in that capacity, and if he can figure that out, he, he could be the best running back in the NFL. Now, that's a big leap from where he's at right now in terms of vision and anticipation and understanding, but I in terms of physical skill set, very similar to Jamin a little bit in this way, right? Like extremely high upside. Like when you watch me, like man, there's only a handful of guys on Earth that can do this. And again, his production's better than Jamin, obviously. But right. That's the kind of that's the issue right now. Is his intuition at the position is not quite there yet.
1: Right, and I mean, I got to watch Adrian Peterson do that in his couple of years here, yeah. and like, there's nobody better at at understanding that tempo and that patience of just like when to when to put your foot in the ground and go. And he just would yeah. would ride it out, ride it out, ride it out, and then get upfield and be gone. And I mean, obviously, you're talking about him in his prime in Minnesota. You did that to the tune of 2,000 yards, but even when he was here. Yeah. Like that's how he was still a thousand yard back. He just understood. Uh, how to read it and and, you know getting to watch film at times with with clinton portis i i would pick clinton's brain on kind of what he saw what's he looking at and the ability to just like you said like they're literally saying can i get that hat on the outside can i get the helmet of the player that i'm trying to read on the right side of the tackle uh or the guard or the center that is my lead blocker who is my read for this particular play like that is how you make those decisions and it's you know, good defensive linemen know that too. By the way, and they'll they'll wrong hat. They, they'll know that yeah. they'll leverage it on one side and stick their helmet on the other. So it, it becomes like this very intricate game, uh, which it looks like on TV in- just a pile of bodies running into each other. But like there is a lot that goes into that position from an, uh, a read and react intellect standpoint.
2: Yeah, and it happens in the blink of an eye. And obviously, right. there's some run. There, there's some com- schematic stuff. I think that they could improve to help him out. Like I mm-hmm. feel like he does better with straight outside zone as opposed to a lot of tight zone where it's very it's those like you talk about how fast those decisions happen, like with the tight zone stuff, it's even quicker, you know yeah. gap seems up it's even quicker, so uh, you know I'd like to see them kind of maybe lean into that more. I, I talked to a couple of coaches around the building and they were like you know we're gonna try and get to more of that. we feel like you know, with Bates' skill set at tight end that we could maybe get there with Cosme's speed on the edge, Leno's a veteran, you know what I mean? And those pieces weren't necessarily kind of established last year, so maybe that happens and maybe they feel really good about it. But, you know, I think even at guard, right, with Sadiq Charles and Wes Schweitzer, and obviously those guys are rotational pieces now, but those guys are classic outside zone guards, so it'd be cool to see if they could get something like that going.
1: Yeah, and outside zone's a pretty easy one to, to pull your play action game off of too. So yeah, right. um, that's that that marries well with a, a West Coast passing game uh, and some of the stuff that goes in there. Uh, all right, so that's that's Gibson and a lot of the yep. fundamentals of the position. McKissick yeah. obviously becomes an incredible versatile weapon. What do right. you see from him? because and, and, I feel like he's someone who does more than like as much as he does, he actually does more than people realize.
2: Yeah, so I think when you're watching McKissick, and again, like his season was cut short last year, so there wasn't like this great sample size. But one of the things I think, if I was going to kind of articulate Gibson in like a sentence, it would be like he is the modern running back. And what I mean by that is he's a tremendous receiver, right? Running backs now, like I think if you look at Tom Brady in New England, right, when he had White and some of these other guys, Amendola. Mandola, no, not Amendola, who's the running back? The Anyway, a little white uh, dude who played in San Rex Diego Burkhead. for a little bit. Rex Burkhead, there was another guy too, but like those kind of shifty pass catching backs. Oh, I know who you're talking about.
1: uh, Danny Whitehead.
2: Danny Whitehead, thank you. Like those guys are a very unique skill set because they can win on third down and they can beat a a linebacker in a one-on-one situation. So I think McKissick gives you that. I think Gibson, everyone thinks of him as like this converted wide receiver. He's not quite switched up the same way as McKissick. Like McKissick can run the choice. And we talked about with Jay, how important running that choice route is on third down. And you saw McKissick win on that route a couple times last year. Again, that out and up versus the New York giants week two, you know, like only a handful of running backs can get that done at a high level. And he did that. And so his route running ability, his ability to win in space, like there was a smoke route that he caught, which is like a one step and stop mm-hmm. that he caught against Tampa Bay, where he makes a quarter miss and runs for, uh, 12 yards, and then they're short, but then he's able to convert the ne- the very next down on a choice route. You know what I'm saying? Like having a guy who can win in space, really twitched up, not a bad runner. Uh, you know, I think he got better as the year went on. Like there was times early in the year where he was having a hard time keeping his balance. I think he got out of that as the year went on and, and kind of found his footing a little bit. But I think what he really excels and what he really brings to the offense is just it gives you a tell. Like, you know, I think uh, Jay talked about this on the podcast also, like mm-hmm. how offenses are looking for uh tells defensive tells right so when I line up with Logan Thomas and uh, McKissick to the right side of the formation and I get uh, two corners over them I know that it's not necessarily like man-to-man coverage and I'm giving the quarterback information and intel and if they match up with linebackers and safeties I understand that hey it's man-to-man coverage what which side do I want to work versus man or can I even check to a better man beater, which is a lot of times what you're trying to do. And why, why are you bring in a guy like Carson Wentz, a guy with a ton of experience. So I think that's why he is so tremendously valuable. And, you know, a lot of people think of him as a third down back, but, you know, as a guy who likes NFL offenses and is looking around the league, like that is a piece that becomes very, very, very valuable, you know, in terms of finding mismatches, helping dictate coverages. And then, like, it's like, kind of like we talked about with the receivers and, like, Curtis Samuel. He just makes it harder for defenses to match up with the correct personnel. And that's why I think he's so tremendously valuable. Right.
1: When you can, when you can have a running back on the field and then line up in four or five wide yeah. or have, you know, in, in Samuel's case, line up with no running or break the huddle with no running backs and then run the ball – Um, Out of a traditional set, like the defense is just not going to be prepared for that from a personnel standpoint, nevertheless, from an execution standpoint, um, I, I I did not go back and watch like you did, obviously over this weekend, but I, I have memories of last year of McKissick doing some actual good running inside. And that's when I was referencing earlier um, saying, like, I feel like he does actually more than people realize. Everyone's like, oh, he's in the game. He's a great pass catcher. And occasionally he'll run it and whatever. But I feel like he he had some good inside carries last year, which is a huge thing because often when he's in the game, defenses are expecting to get spread out. They have that smaller personnel in. In fact, they probably, from a spatial standpoint, are spread out a little bit. And so if you can run it in between the tackles as that third down back, like, that's something that's really, really valuable.
2: Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, like I mentioned, he, as the year got on, he got better with that. And, like, I remember the touchdown he had against Seattle, which is like, was on a single back power, tight end blocks down, uh, Flowers pulls, does a great job setting up that block, cutting back inside. You know, like, he has a great feel. He had a nice run against Buffalo, which was early in the year. But again, like, uh, you know, against uh, the Broncos, had a couple of nice runs. You know, what I mean, he's he's a, he's a very good football player. I think his twitch and his level of like suddenness in short area lends itself to that skill set. You know, and I think as long as he's kind of his feet are under him, so to speak, I think he's very good in that area. Another thing that I think he does well for his size, and again, he's not the best pass protector in the whole world, but he's good in pass protection. You know, and so having a guy who can line up in the backfield, know who to block, and is physical and attacks those protections, I think is something that Gibson has struggled with and that most young running backs struggle with. But, again, that's another skill set that he brings. He's just kind of a solid pro with, like, kind of this big play potential. So, I think, yeah, he's um, – it's it's a very nice asset for this football team, for sure.
1: How was Gibson in pass pro last year? Because I feel like he was decent later in the year, like when he had more
2: opportunities –
1: um and obviously had more responsibility because they mm. kind of had to because right. McKissick was out, but not not good.
2: I probably should have watched all of his pass protections, but I kind of watched like when I. Like, it's hard like, you watch all of his touches, you watch all of his drops, you watch all of his catches. It's hard mm. to categorize pass protections the same way. Um, but he did have like a they have like a cut up of like positive plays, and he just doesn't seem to. I think he knows what he's doing. If I were to if I you know from watching, he knows what he's doing he just sometimes doesn't have like the, the mindset, you know, and like, not everyone has the mindset in pass protection. Like it's, it's a very, um, it's a very physical process. Like if you've ever been to a mini camp, mini camp or training camp, excuse me. And they do like one-on-one pass rush. Like Mm -hmm. it is a violent deal and you got to kind of come with that mindset. And I think, If anything, like, you know, from people who convert from receiver to tight end, receiver to fullback, receiver to running back, whatever it is, like the physicality is just a different thing in there. Right. And so I think that's something like, in addition to that feel for the position, like adjusting to the physicality, obviously he's a tremendously physical runner, but that's, it's just harder in in a pass protection setting. Like I remember I was pretty physical in line. But, like, I had to learn how to be a physical pass protector from off the ball because there was a couple of protections where you had to be like in the backfield it's just there's space there's movement there's you're kind of walking this ballet with the tackle, not trying to bump them off, and then when the guy comes, you have to be ready to like collision forcibly and stop his rush so I think right. that's part of the uh part of the challenge it's, with, it's harder again, when
1: they have a head start like correct you know when and, you're, and on, you're when you're in line or you're you pass pro inside as an offensive lineman like you guys are both starting from a three-point stance. Yeah, you're right point there. You're in Four-point yeah. stance. You pick your stance, but you're right there, and the collision is instant. When you're in the backfield, that dude is running at you, and you're like, oh, boy, here we go. yeah. And you've got yeah, to stand and you gotta the understand
2: the you understand the rusher, and then you gotta like again even the contact is different than inline stuff, right? It's like you gotta like power clean into a person and understand that space and that distance in a very specific way. So it's not, this is not a criticism of Gibson because it's something very challenging, but it's an area that I think he could definitely improve in, and I think McKissick has a good feel for that. And he's not the biggest guy in the world, so he loses from a size standpoint sometimes, but in terms of mindset. I think he's got it, and that makes you feel good about him if, the pattern. If
1: we ever want to go deep on that, we'll get Chris Thompson on because that dude yeah. was as good as any, especially small back. Um, yeah. I mean, he went six years without missing an assignment. I remember he missed one yeah. in the game, and I went to him in the locker room afterwards that week, and I was like, did you miss that one? He's like, yeah, man, it was my first one. I was like, oh, that wow. sucks. Yeah. He's, he's like, yeah. All I all mean, It was, like it was that, wild. Yeah. And then, I mean, look, not to be, like, super downtrodden and depressing, but, like, yeah. Chris gets hurt the year that Alex gets hurt and yeah. it is a missed running back pass protection that is the hit that, you know, changes Alex Smith's yeah, yeah. life. And so yeah. that stuff is, I mean, from a safety for your quarterback standpoint, like those are big hits if you're if your running back misses. And so um super Understood. important skill set to to yeah. it I mean, look, if you're not great at it, but you get something, at least you prevent the big one. But if yeah. you completely miss and you don't know what you're doing, like that's obviously a big deal. Um yeah. okay. Uh last but not least, let's talk Problems. about the rookie. Brian Robinson Jr.
2: Yeah, so, you know, we had to, like, rank positions. And I had the running backs in my top three positions to kind of keep an eye on. And a big part of it, it's because he's here. You know, Robinson's here. And that just, again, he was one of my favorite backs in terms of fit for the commanders in the draft process. And a big reason why is he's just, he's a runner. He's a pure runner. Like, all those kind of intangible, weird, flaky qualities we talked about, like feel and all that, you know, like how to make a guy, you know, miss and short, all that kind of stuff. Like he excels at that stuff. Now he's yeah. not, you know, the best athlete in the entire world. He's not, um, you know, he doesn't catch the ball great out of the backfield, but as a runner, like he was one of the funnest guys to watch. Like the first guy never tackles. I mean, it's not like he's bowling guys over like a truck. Like he'll, he'll set a guy up with a good angle. He knows how to put his foot down hard in the ground, make a cut. And I just think he's going to add a ton of value. Cause a lot of those kind of misses that McKissick and Gibson have, you know, as runners, um, he's not going to have, he's going to hit those out of the park, right? He's just got a great feel for kind of right. they call it riding the wave, like as the O-line is pushing past, right? Kind of knowing where that soft spot is and cramming in. So instead of where you get that Gibson kind of running into the back of the offensive line, he knows kind of like, no, that's not where the crease is. It's one more gap back and I can fit in here in a nice way. And again, that's awesome. And then he's also a very physical, he's a big man. I met him today. In the uh, in the in the in the lobby of the the facility today, he's a big dude, and he runs like a big man. You know, he's got a physical, violent running style to him. But it's not like again, it's not like he's all that's he's not like a one-trick pony, right? He's got enough foot speed, enough short area quickness, where he can kind of set you up with a good angle, cut inside, set up an arm tackle, make a guy. It's it's fun to watch him run. It's fun to watch his process. And, you know, I know he went to Alabama and a lot of people say he's played by the best offensive line in the country, but he makes a lot out of even dirty runs, you know, runs where there's guys in the backfield because he's got such a good feel. Like I think John put some stuff up on his Instagram, which is great in the Georgia game where, you know, there's a little bit of leakage inside. He knows how to press it a little bit, maybe an extra step farther. The the guy who's on the blitz steps wide. He's able to cut inside for like a 3-yard gain. And that is a big deal to have that skill set. It makes your offensive line better. makes your play pass game better. It makes you have to put more guys in the box. And, again, I think it's a nice – I think the, the question becomes is, like, how does he fit in with Gibson? Like, what does the rotation look like right. given that he's such a natural runner?
1: And that, that was going to be where I end up is, like, all right, those that, that's what they all can do. Now how do they right. all fit? McKissick's the easy one. He's on third down. Gibson's right. obviously going to get the lion's share of, of snaps here. But how do you go about rotating those three guys in? And by the way, Robinson, special teams? Yes, no.
2: That's the, that's the another good question about him. Is like, I don't know. Like so, what's interesting is we were talking. I was talking about this with Santana today on the show. Is like you know everyone's talking about um, uh, Jahan and whether he's going to return punts. I think the guy who might end up returning punts is Gibson, right? I think because like he's going to lose a lot of carries, right? And if you watch his film, like he's his best when you get to get him the ball in space, right? Or give him kind of a direction and he seems like he has a skill set to be like a natural punt slash kick returner and you know after watching brian robinson and all of his film and all of his senior like i watched so much film on that guy because i really liked watching him like i think there's a good chance he comes in and is kind of the bell cow you know not like he's not going to take all the carries obviously but he gets 12 gibson gets eight type of thing right so where do you kind of aggregate those other four or five touches for gibson why not let him get some touches as a special teams player right and i think that makes Gibson better because it gets him touches again in, in space and in, with these opportunities to use that athleticism, use that size, use that speed, and let, um, and let Brian Robinson like hit a whole bunch of doubles and singles for you on first and second down. And I think that's something that uh, I would definitely keep an eye on. I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on at OTAs, throughout training camp, through the preseason, because like in terms of feel – I was trying to think, the the guy that might have been better than him was Bryce Hall. Brees Hall, excuse me, from Iowa State who went in the second round to the Jets, right? And, like, that's the kind of intangible quality that this guy has in terms of playing the running back position. So I'm super excited for the team because I think he's going to add a ton of value. It'll just be interesting to see how that room shakes out.
1: That would be really interesting considering how heavy Gibson's workload was last year. This dude was getting 25, 30 touches a game. And so if he were to go from that to, like, 12 to 15 – Right. with only 10 carries or so a game, eight to 10 carries with some other cut catches, some punt returns, et cetera. That'd be a really interesting turn, and but also not necessarily the worst thing. Um, we see how right. quickly running backs burn out in this league. Could that help get some longevity out of him and also maximize his use in each and every game?
3: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or...